Welcome to the Tea with Brie. I'm your host, Brie. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Brie podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, an intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I am joined by my guest, John Gorman. John is a writer and brand strategist based in Austin, Texas. He's worked with Fortune 500 corporations, national political campaigns, and startups around the world as a copywriter, ghostwriter, and creative director. He has amassed a global audience of 8 million readers and over 50,000 followers on his Medium page, where he writes about mental health, culture, and civilizational decline. Just light topics. (laughs) Good morrow, friend. Hi. Good to be Uh, here. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Oh, please. The pleasure is mine. Um, I feel like I've known you for 30 million years. Alas, we've only been friends for like a year. Um, but I feel like pandemic friendships that start are like meant to last forever. So that year was one hell of a decade, wasn't it? Truly. The, t- the first 10 years of our friendship in one year. <laughs> I remember reading somewhere last year or they were like, oh, I've been alive for six decades, the eighties, the nineties, the zeros, the tens the 20s and march <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah that, that tracks yeah yes last march was six six years long itself but it, uh, it was it does but doesn't 2021 also feel like it's lasted forever no i feel like, like this year is flying by i'm like it's September, i don't feel like that, tomorrow i don't feel that way at all like the storm that we had down here and not to oh, date true. this podcast. Well, and that's why we met. That's why we met. You, we met because you're dating one of my best friends for life forever and ever, the dear, sweet Kelsey, the Hitch Hitchingham, who has been on the pod a couple of times. Um, you two decided to throw your hat in the dating ring, and <laughs> here we are. See, see, yeah. <laughs> see. And and hopefully we hopefully we don't date this podcast by saying that either. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, nothing, knock on wood, nothing bad <laughs> from us talking about the, the good thing. This is like a yeah. perfect example of our topic today because it's like knocking on wood, fingers crossed, like don't jinx it. Whereas we're talking about like the meaning of happiness and how we're both terrified of happiness. So here we are. Uh, before we started recording, I was telling you how I think I got asked out on a date last night and we had to unpack that. Uh-huh. And you're like, it was a date. Um, it was a date. It, uh-huh. Okay. And my, hesit- <laughs> my hesitation is I am a genuinely happy person, but I also know that happiness ebbs and flows. Like you're not constantly happy. 
And so yes. for me, I'm like, okay, but if I stay at this neutral space of being happy and like not getting my hopes up or not letting the bad things take over, I can just stay at this like steady <laughs> line of happiness. And so like to have like a little blip up, I'm like, oh, let's not, let's not get wild. So there's a, there's a, there's a actual term for that, which is the thermostat effect. Oh, educate me. Which is um, the belief that you have a certain range of happiness that feels acceptable to you. Mm -hmm. And if you get too hot, the AC clicks on and you're, you start to doubt how happy you are or deserve to be. Um, and then on the opposite end, if you run into a bit of misfortune, your brain sort of like kicks on like a way to either work you out of that or see the good in the suffering that you're experiencing. So there is like a certain amount of happiness that is endemic to you. That is, you know, that's like your climate. And the trick is, I suppose, not to try and experience as much happiness as possible, but to raise the acceptable level of happiness that you can tolerate. I'm over this episode already. How dare you? <laughs> We can talk about other things. No, we're going to push through because I'm now, <laughs> I'm 31 and I need to allow myself happiness. Um, yeah, I for sure live with walls up sometimes because trauma um, of just feeling like I've gone through so much. And so I try, like I said, I try to stay in this window of like this thermostat of my, my thermostat effect, my climate of happy, if you will, um, because I have been so sad but I've also experienced like off the charts happiness and so like going on that maybe date last night I refuse to acknowledge that it was going on that maybe date last night is like a level of happiness I'm not quite willing to like acknowledge right now so it was like such a good time and I not that I was nervous but I was like nervous Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll still describe it like I was like, what if we have nothing to talk about? What if it's boring? What if all these like what ifs in my head? And then it was, it was great. It was a great time. Um, but yeah, like I was talking to my friend before I hopped on this and he was like, it was a date. And I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, we're, we're learning how to allow happiness in our life. That maybe that's my, my next year's uh, intention or slash like goal. It's like l- let more happiness in, but we'll see. Well, we, we tend to overestimate how much things will make us happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, allowing happiness. I, I, I sh- maybe I should say it like this. The way in which uh, happiness comes to us is not from events or major moments, or, you know, we, we tend to think like, oh, if only I could visit the Taj Mahal, my life would be complete. And what happens is you go and you visit the Taj Mahal, 
and you feel very briefly like your life is complete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then a week later, that starts to wane. And then a month later, even more. And then a year later, you're back to where your baseline level of happiness is. And those are just rough estimates. That's not like yeah. an exact science. But it's like the big things that we do, or even the small things that we do, go to concerts, go on vacations, get a promotion, buy a car, uh, fall in love. Those things all have diminishing returns over time. I don't want to say true happiness comes from within because that's so So fucking cliche. (laughs) So Hallmark Channel. It is. Um, But I would say that happiness is a muscle that you flex. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think it's important for humans to be happy all the time. No, I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's possible. If you run like hot on like any one emotion, whether that's joy, anger, fear, if you're over indexing on any of them, then your life is out of balance. You kind of have to experience all of those things and equal parts to feel truly alive and to get the most out of life. It, for me, it's the contingent on like, I, I never try to tie happiness to one certain thing. Like you're saying, like, I love traveling. Like I, I'm about to take a road trip for no reason, just because I can, because that's a thing that brings me happiness. Um, so I'm about to drive out to Arizona, I believe next week. I haven't decided yet. Anyway. Um, that's a fun drive, by the way, I've done that. Yeah. We'll see how I feel after 15 hours. Um, (laughs) but I, I try to like, I often think like I am a, for me, like buying me things doesn't make me happy, but like doing things makes me happy. Like that's how I kind of categorize it. Um, so for you to say contingent on, like, I always think about the people who write, like, I'm going to like gross myself out people who are like my better (laughs) half or like my, my other half. And I'm like, Oh dear. Okay. But what do you do? Like if this person leaves you or God forbid dies, like, does your happiness end? do you no longer exist? Like you are tying too much of your happiness into this one person's existence in your life. Like, and I think that comes from the privilege of like having never had a serious relationship and being able to like know who I am as a full person. When I know a lot of girls and women I grew up with didn't, so like having that perspective of, of relationships and coming in as my whole self and meeting someone who will compliment that and challenge me and all these other things. Um, but then also like, I just quit my job to go into consulting full time. Um, and it was that thing of like, I, I attained a goal that made me happy. But like you were just saying with like visiting the, visiting the Taj Mahal, it made me happy. I was able to do it. And then after a while, I was like, but is this like really what I want (laughs) to do? Or is this just like a goal I had? And it was a goal I had that I was able to accomplish. And I'm like, okay, like I have something else that's going to make me happy. I'm going to give that a try. So. Well, and that, and that feeling is normal too. That's, that's buyer's remorse (laughs) more or less. Mm -hmm. Um, That like initial, like sort of like agita that, that like nagging pit in the stomach fear after you take a big risk and it's still uncertain whether or not it'll pay off 
Like that's a real thing that people feel. Anytime you do something big, I quit my job and I had a job for seven years and I quit it two years ago. And for about four or five months, I was like, this is a big fucking mistake. (laughs) And then uh, I started to come around in March of 2020, which was a bad month to come around, Mm -hmm. come to think of it. And then it sunk me back in where I was like, God, that was dumb. Couldn't have picked the worst time to start a business now. Um, but I survived and ultimately built my career in 2021 to be every bit as exciting and lucrative as it was before and then some. And I did that mostly out of inertia which is how we do most things. We just tend to do the things that we usually do. And if what you're doing used to work, it's highly likely that it'll work again because most misfortune is weather. It's not climate. It's a passing storm. Oh. Weather, not climate. Interesting take. I'm gonna start using that. I'm gonna say that. I think also what really triggered this conversation for me is something you posted what, like a month ago now. Time is a construct. Um, but you post about like experiencing goals and happiness and all these things and not including your parent in it. And I, I think about that often too. Like I, my, like I've mentioned before on the show, my mom passed when I was 15 and my dad and I stopped talking when I was 18 and we're slowly rebuilding a relationship, but it's, I don't share things with him. Like he learns of things. If I decide to share it on social media, because he and I are friends on Facebook, which is, which was a step years ago. Um, but like now he's been calling me more and wanting to talk about it. And it's like this thing I want to keep <laughs> sacred, like a little egg of like you. It's sometimes like, I don't want you to share my happiness because I know he like wanted me to fail and struggle because I know he said it to someone. Um, so for me to be like out here thriving and sort of in you know completely proving him wrong has been like a great thing for me, but then also I'm like, but what parent wishes that upon their kid and then tries to take credit for it. So I'm in this weird place now to have like experiencing like day-to-day happiness in my life, but not sharing it with my only living parent. And there's no, and thanks for sharing that with me, by the way. Um, he says on her podcast, <laughs> um, There's nothing stating that your parents are entitled to the fruits of your own labor. Mm. Your parents themselves might state that, but that makes them selfish. Um, I will tell you that I have a parental figure 
who told me not to do any of the things I really wanted to do with my life. Mm. Uh, Not because she didn't legitimately think they would work, but because they would take me further away from her. Mm. And that scared her. And there were times in my life where I wanted to go farther and I wanted to do more just because she told me I couldn't or wouldn't. Mm -hmm. I also have another parental figure who candidly does not care what I do at all. And, and he hasn't until I started doing things that were more typically aligned with quote unquote normal white American goals. He's, and this is something that I never really think about or talk about, but like And it doesn't even really bother me, but it's worth noting because it's interesting. Mm. My father has no photos of any of his kids in his house. They are all pictures of his wife's kids. And it's like, well, okay, well, they both have three children Mm -hmm. each. How is that possible? And I realized it was because all of those photos are of weddings or of the children that they've had. And so all of the sudden, ever since I've progressed down the path of my current relationship in 2021, gotten a house with a yard and a garage and a new car to put in that garage. Now, all of a sudden they're like, whoa, hey, we should come visit you sometime. Mm -hmm. And it's like, ooh, will there be photos? Um, But that's interesting. Whereas like, so, you know, whereas one parental figure I I don't typically involve in my happiness because I know the happier you know there's a saying when you get healthy the sick get angry Mm -hmm. my mom is sick on the other side you know I've been rewarded by my other parent when I've done things that and this is just this is just something that's I don't think even unique to him or or his wife. You know, there are people who will see you in a photo with a loved one or with a family or whatever, and they'll be like, "Wow, it's nice to see you finally happy." Mm. And it's like, no, I was I was it, the exact same level of happy before I was happily involved with someone else. Mm-hmm. I, I just, your, your, 
what you are doing is you are regurgitating the sort of like fairy tale Judeo-Christian um, divine masculine feminine whatever you know construct you want to use what you're doing there is you're just regurgitating that being in a relationship equals mm-hmm. finding happiness right which is totally untrue although it helps mm-hmm. I do think the quality of your relationships does correlate to the quality of your life, but that's far from the only contributing factor to your overall well-being. Yeah, I, uh, my friend and I talk about this often of like the level of like female happiness or female success is constantly tied to who we are in conjunction to other people. So like you saying, like you being in a relationship, people like, oh, it's so great to to finally see you happy. It's like, who said I wasn't happy before? And this really kind of piqued my interest a few months ago. Um, This activist, Brittany Packnett, um, she posted or she was talking about her podcast of, you know, she wrote a New York Times bestselling book. And a week later, she got engaged. And she had like, 10 times as many likes on the engagement photo than she did on the book photo. She's like, I wrote a damn book. All I did was say yes to someone who wanted to be with me. And my friends and I've been unpacking that of like, as a woman, you aren't seen as successful unless you are married or someone, you know, wants to marry you or when you become a mom or like all these things. And I'm like, but if I look at my life, I am happy and I am successful. And that has come from starting my own business and moving across the country. And, you know, I've never had a relationship longer than like three months. And so societally, I might be a failure and an, or unhappy, but personally, I feel like a success and I'm very happy. Um, but that just made me think of that, of like how much social pressure we have to fit into these buckets of what people consider happiness and then showing true happiness. So if I could add Mm -hmm. something to that, please. The Facebook, Instagram algorithm prioritizes wedding, engagement, baby photos, photos of your face. Um, But particularly those of things like weddings and engagements and so forth. Because what's going to happen? People are going to comment, say congratulations. They're going to like it. And that's going to continue to feed the algorithm so that it'll get served to more people. But also as a response to that, like it just naturally gets served to more people because they know, they being Facebook and Instagram, Mm -hmm. same company, they know that those are the photos that get hearts and, and comments. So I have said I have said the exact same thing in my own writing and even on my own social media where I have said, look, I wrote the messaging architecture for the Green New Deal, 17 likes. I went out in Vegas with my current girlfriend, 170 likes. Mm -hmm. One required hella more work than the other although it did require a good deal of work to keep that Vegas trip a surprise. (laughs) Um, But 
and I suppose it requires work to be in a relationship for a full year. But it's, it's like one thing is something everyone does or not everyone, but what feels like everyone. Yeah. And the other is something that probably only one person will ever be able to do because once it's done, it's done. And so people tend to gravitate toward what they can relate to Mm -hmm. far more than what they wish they could be. Because oftentimes the most aspirational things you do are things are, are aspirations that you yourself probably only have or that very few people do. They're niche, right? Mm-hmm. We all hear the expression, it's lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. And it's lonely not just because so few people ever get there, but because you know, if, if we're all hiking up our own mountains and we get to the top, no one else is on that mountain with us because they're at the top of theirs mm-hmm. if they've reached the top at all. You can scream at them. You can do like the tin can telephone thing. But we're all on our own path. And the farther you go down yours, the fewer people can walk with you. Now, you'll meet people along the way, but no one's walking exactly the same path. And so you will drift together and drift apart at equal speed, oftentimes without you even noticing. How many people have you, you know, had in your life for what felt like forever? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of look at your phone and realize you haven't texted them in over a year mm-hmm. or maybe two or 10. Mm. Yeah. I think of one specific person when you say that. So, Ugh. And here we are talking. And here we are. It's clearly not you. It's um, not me. No, it's not you. But that's that's you know, like you're saying. That's such a interesting thing. Like the the connection to it, like the attainability of it, is what people connect with. But I don't know. I don't know if it comes from like therapy or like realizing life is too short. That I'm like, I just want everyone to win. Like, I want us all to do well. Like everyone to have their wildest dreams realized and it's like some people aren't that way of like if they can't be happy other people can't be happy and so that's that's also a, a different way of like I'm thinking of it now of like the the reason why people like those sort of photos is because they can see themselves having it versus things that you do that they can never see themselves doing like ugh. yeah wow. so th- that's a collectivist mindset right like I want everyone to win right that's eudaimonia I think I said that word right. And I'm, I'm not going to fact check it. So go for it. <laughs> that's fine. Um, and that's, that's one way of, of, of looking at the world. And I, I think that's the way that I subscribe to also. However, I don't think in this culture, the United States culture, particularly amongst people lighter than olive on the swatch, Everybody winning is not a thing that's valued. It's not a thing that they feel is even possible, Mm -hmm. right? Life is transactional, win-lose. 
someone is gaining, someone is losing. There's like a, like there's a finite amount of happiness or success or fulfillment available. And we all have to grab what's available because if we don't grab it all, then someone else will get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to get that promotion. I have to get, you know, I have to marry the best person or someone else will. Like there's this whole like, and I don't want to say scarcity and abundance mindset because that like gets into some of like the prosperity gospel bullshit that I don't believe that I don't believe in or subscribe to either. Mm -hmm. But like, it's for me, I, I like to think of it as transactional versus investment. It's like, if you contribute good to the world, you increase the amount of available good available to everyone. If you contribute your talents or your happiness or your time or effort, that creates something larger that can then be split amongst people because you're investing in the greater good by your mere presence in reality. Mm-hmm. And so people who think like, oh God, there's only so much available. Those are people who see the world in a very binary win-loss kind of way. And I disagree with that fundamentally and, and factually. I just don't think it's not that I don't agree with them. Like on a surface of, well, I think they're, you know, I think they're bad people. Like, I think they're also wrong (laughs) objectively. And so when it comes to advocating for your own happiness, you know, I I don't want to quote Maximus from gladiator here and say, what we do echoes in eternity, but that was a bad Russell Crowe. <laughs> oh, I, I, wow. I thought I thought he was here. I'm so sorry. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you, what we pursue ultimately travels with us and becomes an entity that other people can find. Hmm. And that's our legacy is what we create by being here. Mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah. I think it's also been interesting for me of like, the more, like you're saying, like what we create while we're here, like the more I've been creating and the, the, the more happy I've been, like, my business, this podcast, you know, creating friendships, like the more things that I'm able to create and build, the more happy I become. Um, And I'm not like an existential crisis around happiness of like waiting for the other shoe to drop because I feel like I've gone through my own sort of levels of like happies and sads. Um, But when I think about like the grand scheme of happiness, I think you're right of like the more things we're able to do, to create, to cultivate, to make this life better for us and ourselves and others is just I don't know I'm just that's my brain is like trying to process that of like the more we create the happier we become but also like I think people 
think like when you think when you think make something it's like make money but from like the things i'm able to not make that make money i don't know how to how to explain it but it's like for me like happiness isn't contingent with money happiness is contingent to things i'm able to do yeah is it 10 for happiness is morning <laughs> happiness is contingent on time not money mm. you know they, the the study that gets quoted all the time the 2015 harvard study that said money can buy happiness up to about seventy thousand dollars american and then it levels off until you get to be like super rich and then the level of happiness declines mm. um which explains why so many sociopaths are billionaires i suppose mm. or billionaires are sociopaths they're all paranoid because <laughs> they're, they're like oh now i have something to lose mm. um but you know i've often found that that let me put it this way your what you make makes you happy because it's intrinsically rewarding Mm. it's self-validating yeah nobody else has to like it if you like doing it it makes you happy if other people like it even better oh cool now i've created a relationship out of an interest or a pursuit that i have how nice oh, cool. I got rewarded financially for something that I would do for free. How cool. Mm -hmm. But it's the act itself, the way that you spend your time that ultimately determines how happy it makes you. Uh, It's it's a, you know, we've heard of flow state. Um, You know, it's the act of doing something that is directly correlated with your capabilities where the reward and the challenge raise themselves in such a way where you keep wanting to do it and you get lost in it you become time blind by it right mm-hmm. it's like every time you do it you're like oh this this feeds my soul right and the amount of time that you can spend engaged in activities like that contributes greatly to your well-being. I like to run a lot. Am I good at it? No. But I can do it forever because I'm good enough at it where I can just jog very slowly for like 10 to 15 miles. And I'll listen to music and I'll just zone out and I'll think of inevitably like stuff I want to write about or stuff I want to do with my life. I have all my best thoughts on the road or in the shower. And um, and I, I just think that there are, if you can combine activities that are rewarding for their own sake and increase your capacity to experience happiness in the future, such as exercise or such as making money up to 70,000 <laughs> or more than that, if you like. Um, if you can regularly engage in those activities, you, will, you cannot help but become happier. Is it hard, to, it's easier said than done, of course, 
and that's not true of everyone and everyone has different abilities and capacities to engage in those activities. That being said, that's probably the most controllable thing that you have when it comes to fighting for your happiness is how you spend your time. I thank you so much for coming on. I have nothing to add. I feel like John Gorman has said it all on this Saturday morning at 1050. <laughs> Don't laugh. Yeah. I'm serious. I'm going to, I'm going to call you in like 20 minutes and be like, Oh, I forgot to like, so sorry. The, the window has closed. Yeah. <laughs> the recording has stopped. Sorry. My best work left no. on the cutting room floor. Listen, you just have to make a medium article about it and we'll have to go read it. So which everyone should be reading John's medium is my hot take of the day. Um, I'll be sure to link all your things in the show notes. Um, but at the end of every episode, I like to ask my guests a sort of palate cleanser question. And that question is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self? The best advice I've ever received is also the advice I would give to my younger self, which was do more shit that scares you. Um, you know, it's, it's between that and it's not about you, mm. which people are always like, what's not about me? It's like literally nothing. <laughs> Like somebody's, what somebody, how someone treats you, not about you. Did you get or not get that job slash promotion? Probably not about you either. Hmm. Did you fall in love? Not about you. Really? Like there's so little that's, we are so insignificant in the grand scheme of things. You know, we overestimate our importance all the time. We overestimate our ability to make change all the time. We overestimate, and it's called the spotlight effect. Um, We overestimate how much people are paying attention to us. Most people do not care. Even people you know, Mm -hmm. even people you think are close to you don't care. And I don't mean that in like some sort of judgmental, wow, we're all lonely and out here on this thing alone kind of way but most people aren't assholes they're just busy i guess that's probably the best way to frame that advice at least that's original yeah i now i'm going to spiral into the it's not about you camp today because i feel like that's it's freeing it's liberal it's really liberating that's that's another like whole conversation I could have maybe we'll have you back to talk about that because mm, yeah I can't I, I can't even get started right now that's it for, the, for this week's episode of the tea with Brie be sure to follow us on Instagram at the tea with Brie send me an email at the tea with Brie at gmail.com and visit the website the tea with Brie podcast.com don't forget to rate review and follow an apple podcast or wherever you get your podcasts a special thanks to mama duke for our theme music and I will talk to y'all next week 